Hello and welcome back to the Uncultured Podcast. If you didn't already know, this is just a little project we're going to be expanding on in the next few months with interviews from some of our favourite artists and friends of Uncultured. Checking in to talk about some of their inspirations, their creative processes and different topics that are meaningful or close to them. This week's episode features the powerhouse singer, songwriter, DJ and producer Nina Durachi. Welcome to the Uncultured Podcast, Nina. How are you going? I'm great. Thank you. How are you going? Um, I'm going pretty good. It's pretty, I mean, it's just a sunny day here in Brisbane, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a lot going on in the world at the moment. So it's like, you know, just living day by day. Beautiful. Is um, it warm in Brisbane? Um, It's pretty hot today, actually. I don't know what the temperature is. It's like 24 degrees, so it's not, not too hot, but it's like, you know, starting to get there summer's warming up yeah nice what what about in sydney is it raining or um it's actually been a really rainy stormy week like on thursday we had a really hectic storm and like flood warnings and stuff but then i don't actually think it flooded um but i know that here um, it was raining here like for three days or so so yeah it was really rainy but now it's just sort of chill like it's not sunny but it's not overcast it's just sort of like a little bit cloudy outside it's yeah it's pretty nice yeah I think that's the best kind of day it's just like it's not like hot it's not cold yeah exactly you can kind of wear whatever yeah so for people who don't know you can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what type of music you make yeah for sure um my name is Nina and I make music as Nina Jirachi and I'm a producer and songwriter and DJ and uh recently I started singing on some of my songs as well but it's still kind of a new thing for me and I definitely still feel like a producer more than anything else and I also like to work with other artists on their music so I like to produce other artists music and write with them and stuff like that I love collaborating it's really fun for me and um I love DJing as well. Before this lockdown shit, I was um, playing in nightclubs and at festivals and stuff. And that was so fun and I miss it so much. Um, and so I mostly make kind of like club pop music, um, yeah. kind of like dancey, but it also depends on who I'm working with. So for my own artist project, that's kind of what I'm doing. But if I'm working with uh, so like me and my friend Coda Banks, who's an amazing pop singer, released an album together at the start of this year. And that was like very pop. And then I've also done a lot of stuff with um, some hip hop artists as well, which has been really fun. So just kind of whatever comes to the table, I'm down to produce it basically. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like just music in general, like, especially in like the electronic world, there's like so many like cross, it's, it's all about cross genre at the moment, like mixing and matching through different like genres and creating like new genres as well. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um, I love finding new music at the moment because there's just so many places to find it as well. And there's so many people making music. So there's so much kind of fun hybrid stuff to find. It's, it's like Yeah, the lo- I think the lockdowns really helped that like, a lot of new artists have come out of like the pandemic. Yeah, exactly. Because I guess a lot of people would have been like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, but never had time or something like that. But then if they're just stuck at home all the time, then there's no better time to do it. Exactly. 
Now we've just talked about lockdown a little bit. Um, you're from Sydney, which is I, I think I did it just open up like a couple of days ago or something like that, like Monday. Yeah. Um, well, I'm from the Central Coast, which is like a little bit out of Sydney, um, like more regional. But I'm, I've lived in Sydney for the last year and a bit. And um, yeah, we we've been in lockdown since June, which has been so gnarly, <laughs> like so weird. And um, we just had it semi open up on Monday for people who have had both their vaccinations. So I got to go bouldering yeah. on Monday, which was really fun. And I got to go out <laughs> for dinner, but it's just really weird because like you go into the restaurant and you have to show like your vaccination certificate, vaccination. which is like, you know, yeah. of course that's obviously what we need to do, but it's just like so, so weird. <laughs> like it's such a different world, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, I feel like, and it's crazy to think like how far it's, like it's like we're two years later and we're still sort of in it and we're still like learning and like adapting to this it's crazy like yeah exactly and there's probably still so much learning to go as well like it's it will probably be so long before it's even like it's something we don't have to think about you know what i mean yeah i feel like possibly may never go away i think it's just going to become like a normal thing yeah 100 percent. it's kind of scary yeah (laughs) It is. Um, so how did you adapt and cope with the, the strain of lockdown, being like an artist? Um, well, in the first lockdown in 2020, I was like big chilling. Like I was having the best time. I was, it was actually really good for me because I was about to move houses right before the first lockdown. And then when the lockdown happened, I was like, oh, well, I guess like, you know, I'm not going to just move cities if this weird kind of worldwide event is happening. Um, so I'll just go home and stay with my family. So I went back to the Central Coast and I had kind of mostly finished my EP called Bloomia. So I just sort of spent those months finishing that and then um, working on some other music as well. But it was just such a nice, relaxing time for me. I just got to hang out with my pets and my family and play a lot of video games. Um, but then this lockdown has been really weird for me. Like the first lockdown was yeah. pretty chill, but this lockdown has been really strange. It's been, don't get me wrong, it's been, um, it hasn't been bad because I love my friends that I live with and I love my partner who lives really close by and I still get to talk to my family. Like everything's fine, you know what I mean? But it just felt like really yeah. weird, um, especially but creatively, I just didn't feel anything. So I was just sort of like, yeah, I feel out. like now, like this time that we have now is like the worst time for Australian artists. Cause like I, we were, we were pretty good. We did pretty good last year where we were still able to like have concerts and stuff. But I feel like now at this moment, we're sort of like in a standstill and there's nothing we can do. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it's, oh, sorry, you go. No, no, you go. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, at least I feel like last year there was just some kind of, it just felt a bit more linear. Like the progress felt like linear and it just felt like it was kind of getting better. And then when some concerts came back, it was like, cool, this is, you know, good for now and they'll just keep getting better. But then kind of regressing just felt really awful, I think. Like that was kind of the thing I think for most people was like, oh, here we are, it's like square one again but it's like even more contagious. <laughs> I think it was waiting for like them to figure out how they were gonna um, like cope with like opening up stuff. Um, and I think 
the whole like sport sort of going ahead and music not being able to go ahead has caused like a lot of like divide which obviously should because yeah. it's a bit of a joke yeah for sure um but i feel like now we're just in a standstill because people are just like don't know what to do yeah we're just really lucky that we um have like free vaccinations in this country i guess like that's really lucky yeah that's i guess our roadmap to um getting out eventually but who knows what will happen <laughs> fingers crossed that we'll be able to have like festivals and stuff for the new the festival season coming up yeah but... for sure hopefully so when it comes to making music um who and what inspires you um kind of all kinds of things i'm really inspired by well right now i'm really inspired by working with my friends i had a session yesterday for the first time in months like in person with to other artists and it was really inspiring just to hang out with them and hear what they've been up to and I guess make something together that was really inspiring for me after months of just sort of making music by myself and not getting very far with it um, but in general I'm really inspired by my favorite artists people like Cashmere Cat and Sophie rest in peace and Porter yeah. Robinson yeah. Um, AJ Cook and Charlie XCX and all of those kinds of artists. Um, Sinjin Hawk, Nina Las Vegas. Uh, so many people, there's so much good music, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but all of those <laughs> kinds of artists, but also just my friends. Like I love just being, hanging out with my friends and, and showing them the music that I've been making and hearing their thoughts on it and then them showing me and just kind of that stuff just makes me go like, oh, I just want to go back to the studio right now and make some more. Um, yeah, I think those kinds of things for yeah. sure. Um, now this sort of late, I guess this sort of, that question sort of leads into the next one. So um, like, what's your background? Like, why did you start making music and what do you think like made you want to make music? I kind of started making music when I was really young and I think it has always been kind of hearing music that I really like and thinking, I want it like and feeling really good listening to it and having these particular feelings and then thinking I want to make something that can make other people feel like that or kind of hearing my favorite music and thinking I want to make that but like my version of it or with these slight changes you know what I mean like kind of hearing music and thinking, oh this is yeah. so good but if it was like this it'd be like even better so it was just kind of wanting to improve on my own favorite songs this is me like six years old listening to like pussycat dolls being like oh my god I want to make something like this <laughs> um yeah so that was kind of where it started and I can't really remember consciously thinking about it either like I, it's just too long ago to remember what I was actually thinking about but I just know that I've been sort of writing little pop songs and stuff like that since I was really young and it was just because I'd hear these pop songs and be like these are so cool I want to make something like this yeah um, but then I got to producing it was kind of um the same thing but a little bit different like I would just listen to my favorite artist music and it would be this was kind of when I got to high school and started using YouTube more to like find new artists and I found artists like Marion and Porter Robinson and a lot of just like producers that were just making kind of non-vocal music because up until that point I was just listening to so much kind of diva pop like in kind of like Lady Gaga. Yeah Diana, the 2000s were the best for music for pop music. 
Oh, so good, right? I'm actually so glad that I was like born in the year I was born Same. because how good. I feel sorry for the kids growing up, up these days. They have like Charlie D'Amelio and like Dixie and all these people. At least we had like, you know, we had like Lady Gaga, we had Gwen Stefani. We had all yeah, these we actual pop icons. Kesha. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Like we were so lucky. Um, so spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, yeah, I got to high school and started listening to all of this producer music that was non-vocal. So it was still really complicated and like there was a lot going on in it, but it was just all with these weird kind of sounds that I had never heard before and didn't have any understanding of because you know, you would listen to like a Katy Perry song and be like, oh, that's the voice and like that's drums and that's this. But then you listen to some like ele- like 2012 Electro House and you're like, what is this? You know what I mean? I didn't know what like a synth was or anything like that. So I just wanted to know, you know what I mean? It was just like a curiosity. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was kind of how I started making music because I was like, I just want to know what these sounds are and I want to try making it as well, pretty much. Yeah, and I think that's cool. I feel like everyone has um, their own, you know, take on things. And I think it's cool when you make it, per- when you make it personal, <laughs> it's more like, you know, better. <laughs> you can like hear it in the music that you can hear like the person's inspirations and stuff like that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's it was amazing, like hearing that music for the first time and feeling like I was hearing such a story and a journey when there wasn't even kind of words. And that was my first experience of that. Obviously now, like there's so much electronic music and it's like kind of more, I guess. Mainstream um, kind of. I'm not sure. Yeah, I guess it's like, but just hearing that for the first time when I was a child was like, whoa, like you don't need to like use words to tell a story yeah cool (laughs) yeah it was a really cool experience yeah definitely and electronic music is like i think in its prime at the moment like i feel like the hyper pop thing sort of is kind of going downhill and it's like electronic and edm are sort of making a return slowly yeah it's just because you can just make anything you You know what i mean like it's just so limitless yeah like electronic music can be anything it's so exciting it is now when it comes to making a song what is the typical process like um it kind of changes song to song it really depends i think most of the time it'll be that i'm sort of having a noodle around and i find a sound that i really like or a drum loop i really like and I start to hear in my head how it would sound in the context of like a bigger piece. And I start to hear like, oh, this would be cool. What if there was like, I just start to hear things in my head that work around it, if that makes sense. And then I just sort of start to translate those things into me and audio and all that kind of stuff um, until I get more of an arrangement, I guess. And then I just start to like figure out, all right, this little thing that I've got is this, is this like, the drop is this the chorus is this the intro and then once I've decided that I sort of build around it from there and then it gets to a point where you know you need to listen to it over and over again and be like what's it missing and sometimes it's not even missing anything sometimes you need to take stuff out so that's kind of I guess how it goes usually by myself but it changes like every time like sometimes I might be walking down the street or like in the shower 
oh, and I'm like, oh my God, I have the best idea for a song or I might sample something that sounds cool. But then, yeah, when you're working with other artists, it's different every time as well. Totally different. Um, yeah, for sure. And I feel like... What about you? What do you how do you find yours? Um, your, how do you start songs? For me, like, it, it changes. It's definitely like a thing, like, sometimes, like, I will produce a song first and then write on top of it, like, top line on it. Yeah. And then other times I will just write a song and then, but I find that more hard. Like I, I, I'm better at like writing onto it, like a, a beat or something. Um, but when I'm working with mm. other people, it's like a totally different thing. Like um, super exciting. And I feel like it's different for everyone. Like um, I actually really, I love writing songs for people. I actually prefer it over making my own music. Cause like oh, you really? get to play with like so many different like genres. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so much fun. I love being in this like pop world, like I, I, the electronic world yeah. is like so fun. And I love, I'm so thankful for like Hyperpop and Sophie obviously, um, because I don't think any of this music that we even call music is like, would be acceptable if it wasn't for like people like Sophie and Charlie and all those sort of people that paved the way for us, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think acceptable is a really good word for it as well because it's it's like this music was definitely still existing before yeah. kind of artists made it really big, but now it's um yeah, it's just so much more widely accessible and appreciated. And it's mainstream, and I didn't even know this, but some, um, I was on so holiday was on the last episode, and I didn't even know this, but Rita Ora on her last album she had a song produced by easy fun and i was like what yeah the, the um i didn't even know that it was um let me love yeah you. that's it the one that's in the pokemon movie right or it was in like an ad for yeah, a pokemon movie i think yeah so. that's so sick your last release was a double single draco draco and stone teller how long did the process of creating this track take it took, well, these tracks <laughs> it took kind of from very start to finish almost three years because I started Stone Teller in 2018 and I started it I, I teach a little bit of Ableton as well it's kind of um almost like my day job and um I, yeah I, st I actually was demonstrating something in a class and I did this thing I was like oh this is kind of cool so I just saved it and worked on it later and that was the start of Stone Teller and it was just this kind of little hook thing and I always really liked it, but just didn't know how to finish it. It was kind of one of those ideas that just sat there kind of dormant for ages because I didn't really know what it needed or how to make it sound like a full song. And then yeah. uh, eventually Draco Draco, I started early 2020, I think. But yeah, I just sort of started it and I had like a few ideas from like spared ideas that I didn't wasn't going to use anymore. And I just sort of threw them all together because I had that that kind of arpeggio at the start of the track and I really liked that. Uh, and then I voice memoed. I think I just kept the voice memo vocal recording as well. Um, just voice memo recorded some vocals and pitched them up yeah. and stuff. I actually, you know what? I actually started Draco Draco in lockdown in uh, the first lockdown early last year. So that was how that one came about. But then it came to when I was um, speaking with the Sable Valley team and Grimes team and they wanted to release some music with uh, NLV records as well and they were just sort of saying like 
yeah, send us some tracks, like what have you got? And we'll like pick the best ones and like, you know, we, we can put them together. And, and I was like, great. So I sent them a bunch of songs and the two that they liked the most were Draco Draco and Stone Teller. And I think because like, I didn't know how to finish Stone Teller, but I think then because I had other people liking them, and like wanting me to finish them it kind of gave me a push you know what I mean and because they would give me some yeah. notes and they would be like oh try something like this and send me like a reference track and that kind of helped me get the ideas together to finish them um but then I didn't end up finishing them until like mid or early 2021 because then they came out in uh July yeah so it yeah. kind of took like all together like three years but it's not like I was working on them for three years I just started Stone Teller like three years ago yeah, and I feel like music music is very much like that. Like there's songs that I've got sitting in my, like I make songs and then they sit there and then I'm like, oh, I don't really like this. And then I'll be like, oh, I feel like a big thing for me is like errors. <laughs> I'm obsessed with errors. Like every single song that I release, I yeah. like to have some sort of like error. Um, and, you know, it might not sound right for that time, but everything, I keep everything. Cause you never know. Like those songs dating back to like 2015 that I have. I think I sent one of them to you that, the one that I worked on um, with Felix Snow. Um, yeah, that, that was really cool. I love that. So sad that it can't be released, but. <laughs> I know, as if. Um, but, you know, I, I, just, I just keep everything because I'm like, you know, one day this might happen. You never know. Music changes all the time and stuff happens. And if you throw something out, it always comes back to buy it. So. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I never, um, never throw things away either. And I feel that about my music all the time. Like now, sometimes I listen back to my old demos that I didn't like when I made them. And I'm like, what the hell? This is actually good. Like I was just ahead of my own time, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, like, feel I, like, just... I feel like you can go back and like, with the skills that you've learned in that time that you haven't touched it, you can add stuff into it and it sounds, you know, what you would like it to be. Yeah, hundred percent. There are tracks on my first EP that came out in 2019 that I started in like 2015, like four years earlier. Um, I think, yeah, there's definitely, I definitely never throw anything away either for that exact reason. Or like in, uh, in mine and Coda's album, True North, there was an idea in there that I started so many years earlier as well. But sometimes things just make sense down the track instead. Yeah, and I feel like lockdown, I've made so many songs that have just sat there. I'm like, you know, I'll start, I'll have like some vocals and then I'll be like, you know, I'm not feeling this. Um, yeah. And then you can always like, it, yeah, like I said, um, you can go back and change it. And I feel like, I've definitely had times where I record something and then I delete it. And then I'm like, shit, like I fucking wish I had that right now. Um, yeah, sure. And it sucks, but um, I think even that when that happens, it gives you more motivation to make something better anyways, so. Yeah, exactly. That's true. So if you could work with anyone in the world, who would it be and why? Oh my God, there are so many so many people. I would love to work with Lady Gaga because of what we talked about before. I just think she's amazing and has the coolest visions and um, 
you know, every music video is a movie and there's just so much attached to the music. And I find that really inspiring. And um, one day I'd love my work to be that amazing as well. Like she's such an inspiration for me. And uh, oh my God, so many people. I would love to work with Cashmere Cat. He's like my favorite. Oh, I don't know. I have a few favorite producers, but he is like one of my favorite producers since I was like 14 years old. Like adore all of his work and think he's amazing. And um, yeah, I'm trying to think so many people. Um, I think it would be sick to work with um, Rihanna, obviously, because oh my she's a queen. Yeah, she's so cool. And uh, I. I'm trying to think, oh my God, there's just so many artists that I love. I'd love to work with Porter Robinson because he's been one of my favorite artists since I was really young as well. And I love everything that he does and his new album is amazing. And all of the visuals around it are really cool as well. Um, I'd love to work with Sinjin Hawk. He is so good and so underrated. Like, I don't know why he is. <laughs> not like, like more appreciated i just think he's like so so good every song is just like so good oh my god i could just sit here like all day and list <laughs> there's so many different people and, yeah i'd love I to write like a list i have like a list oh really i like oh have like god, a manifesting i feel like that's a good thing if you have like it written down and you can manifest it yeah that's a good idea i'm actually gonna do that right after this Cool. What kind of other stuff do you have on your list? Um, like in terms of like artists. Yeah, or like in general, like what what kind of things would you recommend putting on a manifesting list? Um, for me, like I have things like artists I'd want to work with. Like there's artists where I'm like, I don't think I'm good enough. To, well, not like that, but like I don't think I'm like I wouldn't want to work with them in that like musically. I would just want to work with them like. I mean, like artistically, because I do like graphic design, I do stuff like that. Um, I really, I would love to like, obviously being in Australia, we're going to get into this like in a little bit, but um, like being in Australia, it's so hard to like make it anywhere. And it's also very expensive to get out of the country. And that's why yeah. a lot of like, you know, artists in this realm move to the US and they make it really big for themselves. But, um, you know, like if ultimately it comes down to it, I'd love to like be like an A&R or something or. Um, yeah, that would be sick. This is so much stuff. I just, I just love to like, um, I don't know. It's, that's just crazy. I write all sorts of stuff down. Like I'm like, oh, I'd love to work with this person or I'd love to do like, you know, I have this idea. I have like ideas sometimes. And I'm like, oh, um, you know, this person like this song is so good they should do this for promotional or something like that weird little things it makes no sense but um, <laughs> no that sounds um, amazing i'm manifesting all of it for you as well thank you so much I um, wanted to happen. so we know the music industry can be a dark and confusing place especially in australia for experimental artists so if you could change anything about the industry what would it be and why I think it would be really cool if there were more kind of refined resources for artists to kind of learn about 
the parts of being an artist that aren't making music, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I remember when I was a teenager, I would go to a lot of kind of music industry talks and panels and events like that to try and just like learn like what is a manager, like what is the point? And those kinds of things were really good, but they were just sort of one-off events and things like that. And I think that is kind of changed. Like I think there's probably more resources now than when I was like, like say five years ago, but yeah, like I know that I think Triple J on Earth were doing a podcast, which was really cool. And it was about question, answering questions like that. But yeah, cause I think making, everyone loves making music. That's all fun and stuff. But sometimes those other things can be really scary and really hard to learn about unless you just sort of jump in and do it. And you you don't really know what you don't know you know what I mean and people can be really yeah. scary so if there was yeah I think if there was just like more transparency about those kinds of things and like what to like warning signs like what to look out for when you're dealing with people that would be really helpful for new artists for sure because it can be really scary especially when you're like young like when you're a teenager you don't really know anything you know what I mean yeah I feel like it takes it takes a few being an artist anyways um for me it took me like probably like three or four years to really like know where I stood and know like what I wanted to do um, yeah 100% yeah yeah I started releasing music in 2017 but I don't I don't think I really got it until like 2019 probably yeah. Like, I didn't really get it. I was like, I think that was the year I was like, oh, I actually know what I like and what kind of artist I want to be. I still don't really know, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel like being part, part of being an artist is being unstable. Like, you can never be stable. If you're stable being an artist, then maybe you should question, like, are you really doing, like, art? Because, um, yeah, I just feel like most really, really good artists are just never, like, um, I don't even know the word. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I get you. Yeah, just very, like, chaotic. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a chaotic business. <laughs> it is. Um, but very fun. It's very fun. It's very fast-paced. That's, I think that's what I love about it. You can change it. You can do anything. Anything you want, now especially, and you can make anything out of music. You can sit there and moan on it for 20 minutes and it can be a beat you know yeah uh, exactly like it's really cool that there are so many niche communities that love like if you make something there will be someone who will love it you know what i mean which is yeah it's just about like finding those people i think so after your double single release do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on at the moment yeah i've actually got a few things coming out before the end of the year that i've already sort of wrapped up um, so I released a song with my friend Oh Boy recently. It's called Vibrate. And we have a couple more songs out together before the end of the year. So he's actually got um, an EP coming out and I worked on it with him and I love those songs. And yeah, they'll be out in the next couple months. And then I've got a remix that's coming out as well. Two remixes that are coming out before the end of the year for two of my friends and um, both kind of like clubby, clubby things, which will be fun to, to, to yeah. 
that. And I feel like there's something else. Oh, I've got another song coming out this month. I'm not going to say what it is because it's like, it's mm -hmm. a club with someone else. And I don't want to like burst their bubble if they're trying to, you know, announce it in their own special way. But yeah, something coming yeah. out there this month. And yeah, after that, I've been trying to work on this mixtape, but it's just been lockdown blues. So I'll probably get more onto that now that things are opening up a little bit. Um, also working yeah. with Proto Bank still, just like getting back into it, I think that's kind of the, the thing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Excuse I me, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're fine. Um, I feel like, yeah, now we're sort of getting to this place where we're like, I know that I felt a bit like dark, probably like just musically up and down throughout the whole of like lockdown. Um, yeah, me too. I think we're slowly getting back to possibly having music back in Australia. So that will be really exciting. It's looking yeah. good for next year. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully. I'm just like, oh, there's so many like things we're missing out on in Australia as well. Like, yeah. Art artists are touring and they're not coming here. Yeah. How frustrating um, is it like um, being a young person as well? Because like you, we've just aged two years and our youth is like I know. you know what I mean it's so sad I just want to be I'm in my prime I'm I'm 21 and like I'm in my prime like festival time it sucks so literally much. yeah I'm 22 I just turned 22 and I, I like had this crisis on my birthday because I was like oh my god I was 20 when we went into the pandemic and now I'm 22 and like what the fuck has even happened in those years <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, 100%. But, but I think we should just be thankful that we've been able to have live shows. Like we had, you had, we had um, the True North tour in Brisbane in like March, was it May? May? Yeah, in May. March. Yeah, such a blessing. Like I definitely don't take that for granted. That was so special. Yeah, I think that like as much as it looks shit now, like at least we got to have live shows this year. I don't know how I would have been able to cope if like we didn't have live shows. Um, yeah, absolutely. Because that, that True North tour was the first tour that I had been to in, well, the first like live concert I've been to since February last year when I saw Charlie at Langway. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it's an honor then. Thank you for coming. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Nina. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. So much fun. We've talked about so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool to have, you know, I think we're going to have more of these podcasts. Well, I, I think Dane was saying that we should do some ones with like a bunch of female producers and like have like a sort of like a table talk type thing. So we probably might have that eventually. Oh, that we would can be have really you cool. back for that. Yeah, that'd be sick. 